0: This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Thing and welcome to the 100th episode of the GPL Podcast. Yes, started back in, boy, 2011, and now we've made it to our 100th episode. And to celebrate the 100th episode, we're bringing back our very first guest that we had on episode number two, good old Frank Mazzacco. Frank, thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, it's okay. I just, you know,
0: I don't, if, if
1: I knew back then that I was the first I forgot about it. I that was pretty
0: amazing. <laughs> well, you were the only one I, I could convince that time. Hey, you wanna come do this little podcast? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and you know, it was right after you had started uh doing radio. I mean you were oh. you had just started radio, you had just taken your you know, your sabbaticals and go for <laughs> hockey after the T V thing. And you had just started yeah. up doing radio with Wally, so I, uh, and, and yeah, and now I remember you, you asked me,
1: and I said, Good grief, people, they listen to me like six hours on the weekend. They want to hear
0: more. (laughs) Have I not said enough? Uh, uh, It's okay. People like listening to you. You've got a lot of good stories. I've heard quite a few of the stories. Some of them not really safe for broadcast, but, uh, uh, it's good
1: anyway. Some of them them improve with age, too. (laughs) Well, especially when it comes to the
0: Woogers. So, Um, embellished <laughs> <laughs> Well this past weekend Frank you and Wally headed out to uh, out east and saw one of the classic if not the classic uh, hockey arenas in Matthews arena uh, in northeastern tell us about that. it is a really neat old building it's probably it, it's really
1: close to my favorite place to call a game okay now um, it's it's small. Uh, but, you know, just the right size for that program. Um, I remember going back, Wally and I did a TV game there in the late 80s. Okay. I remember because uh, Marty Nanny was playing and Lou Nanny was sitting in the stands. Couldn't find him. He must have been sitting below us. We were up in a balcony. And everything there was, at the time, was wood. And I thought, my God, if there's a spark this whole place is going up <laughs> uh oh, wow. so it still has a wood ceiling uh it's you know it 's that Quonset hut style um, but it's it's all modernized now you know what I think the probably the original concrete floors and stairs are in there, but it's you know modern seating stuff that won't burn easily anyway um <laughs> uh, it's cleaned up it's painted it's sharp looking uh there's almost no room. Um, under the stands for players and all uh, by today's standards. But mm-hmm. they have made the best out of the space they have. And it, it's just neat. It's clean. You know, most arenas are known to have mice here and there. I bet <laughs> you this place doesn't even have a mouse running around. That's how clean it is. Really a neat place. And then we're so close. Um, if I was thinking about how close we were, I would be worried about getting a puck in the head because I, we were five rows up on the blue line
0: and above the glass. Just put but on a helmet. Close. You're good. Just what? Just put on a helmet. You'll be good. I just, I just put Wally in front of me. Oh wow, that's Ooh. not very nice. Well, I know the the, the week before that, uh, Wally was mentioning that uh, Matthews is like the oldest, or is it the oldest arena in the country, or something like that, or something along those uh, lines. I think he,
1: well, he might have said country last week, but this week he upped it to world. Okay. So um, that's one of those stories that may have grown. But no, but no, I think it is. I think it's the oldest rink. In the world, and the, like the second oldest might be the one at Princeton, where Hobie Baker played, or something mm-hmm. like that. Something. But yeah, it's uh, it's the oldest continuously operated hockey rink in the world. I mean, it's like old, It's I'm, even I'm older sure like it's than me. Wrigley,
0: isn't it? I mean, it's super old, isn't it? Like early 1900s. Um, I, I, maybe I, I, before that. Oh, it's. I know. I saw some fantastic. Well, you know I, just, I saw some fantastic some pictures you posted. So. You love. Yeah, gorgeous place. You, you love the entrance. The entrance was very, is pretty cool. Nice big arch there, and it was exactly just looks like an amazing place.
2: But uh, uh, yeah, unf- it is. Fun, Unfortunately, fun well.
0: the team didn't do so well out east. Uh, at least, uh, at least with Northeastern, did they? Vigo they uh, had a strong first half of the game, and then it hits the third period. Vigs and they just went in the hole.
3: Yeah, it was kind of one of those unfortunate games where Shearhorn just uh, doesn't seem to have his A-game. You know, he's not fighting through the screens. He's not getting on top of the paint. and He's not, you know, getting to where he needs to be to stop the puck. And it cost him. I, you know, they took a bad penalty there. Uh, Norman took a bad one in the third and uh, kind of gave away the game. And just kind of a real tough way to start off that road trip because that was supposed to be the easy game.
0: And Hammy, uh, boy these Friday night struggles, uh, whether it's the team or Shearhorn, have continued.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think the, you know, people have the knee-jerk reaction after that game, of course, because of the goaltending, and I mean, yeah, it wasn't great, and you see people saying, you know, hitting kind of the panic button, we have to get a new goalie for next year, and (laughs) da 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 It's kind of like, you know, it's not that Shearhorn hasn't, Shown any success during his college career, and it's like you know you might want to pull put the brakes on a little bit, um, but he definitely needs to find some consistency. And I don't know if it's just you know you almost say to yourself, do you give these other guys some spot starts? I, I'm not at practice, but my feeling is is that they recruited these guys for a reason, and I don't think it's just strictly to be a backup that basically never plays I mean you kind of would hope that some of these guys are able to provide something and in the starting capacity and if they're not gonna if Shearhorn's not going to be consistent then they got to think about something you know things like that and uh, I, I don't know they haven't done it yet but that's something that I personally would like to see them think a little bit more about is you know kind of splitting up the starts and seeing how you know just give Shearhorn that one game a weekend and hopefully he's able to focus and play his best and, you know, maybe build back to some consistency.
0: Well, I did uh, actually run a few numbers today, and, and some of these stats are just downright goofy. But uh, everyone's been bashing Shearhorn, obviously. But the numbers kind of support it. I mean, right now on the first game of a series, uh, Shearhorn's save percentage is around, you know, point four, no, 0. 0.849. And on the second game, he's at 0. 0.94. I mean, 10% better. Um, you know, usually anything over nine two is pretty good. So the second game of the series, he's doing well. But at you know eighty five percent on the first game of the series, that's not going to work for us, is it, Vees?
3: No, it's not going to work. You know, they need good goaltending to be successful. Um, coming into this year, you know, Lucia had talked about you know just having you know two point two, two point three goals against wasn't good enough for this team. Just having a save percentage around ninety, not good enough. And so coming into the season, you know, Shearhorn was talking about how to, how to get above that and be that goalie that he's been on the Saturday nights. I think the the hesitancy of the coaching staff is, you know, last year when they turned Nick Lair, you know, he gave up three goals on seven shots to Michigan. And so they weren't sure what they had there. You know, you can look as good in practice as you want, but until you get in that game, and you get in that big moment, you know, the coaches don't know for sure what they have. Um, I think they, got a little bit more confidence seeing them in goal this year uh, for that period Um, but still I think it was hard to pull the trigger going into this last weekend I thought if they were going to pick a game here out of the four um, they would have picked the Northeastern game but um, you know they're going to stick with Shearhorn and I think going in this weekend against Ohio State uh, you're probably going to see Shearhorn again because they are playing probably the top team in the conference well,
2: See, I don't know. I, that, know. I mean, that, that
4: that seems like an awfully short leash to be judging anybody based on one bad performance the prior year, and especially against what was it against Michigan? And it's not like Michigan wasn't an offensive, you know, weak you know weakling. So it's just, I don't know. I mean, come on, you know, one game. I understand maybe not having confidence in a guy because of it, but at some point you have to give the guy another. Shot and especially when the guy that has been starting has been at best, as you pointed out, inconsistent.
0: What do you think, Frank? No, I
1: just wanted to check Vig's numbers on um, on Nick Lair. Was was that game? Was that the game at Michigan that he came in and there was already a route underway? Is that yeah? It was a that? it was
3: an eight three game and and Lair oh, came yeah. in for a period and then I think they went but to yeah. Coin in the third or or somebody. Um, oh, boy. But you know, it wasn't a good look for him. So you know, the first no, it wasn't. But he
1: he did have a good look at he did have a good look in Michigan. I guess I'm not used to this. Sorry if I'm jumping on you guys because no, it's um, just fine. Um, it uh, there's there's a little delay. Um, I I thought that period that he came in and played in Michigan, he looked okay, given the 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 tsunami that was coming in on the Gophers by the Wolverines. I um, yeah it's um. Uh, three goals and seven shots not is not great but i thought he was okay but you know he nick's a junior and if he was going to start um i i think they would have found a way to spot him to start sooner i think he's a relief guy personally and and i also i'm also a huge fan of eric sherwin i mean i just like him as a kid as a guy, I like him as a, a, a goalie last year. I thought he was really good. I mean, that's kind of a pressure year for him, being a freshman year, and all of a sudden he's starting every game. Um, but I also think that we it's going to be more than a game. It, it's going to be more than a weekend before he comes out of the mental woods and really gets back again. Um, you know, The unfortunate part of that is that we only got four games before we go to break. And then you know who knows what rust will settle in again, but I you know so give him a even longer leash because
4: I don't think it, it, he's in a mental funk what he is, and that's just going to take a while. Well, and the thing is for me is that if we're not confident in the guys that we have as backups, then that's an indictment on a poor job that they did to recruit goalies. Because to me, if you don't, I mean, you kind of in this day and age, you can ride one guy, but it's just you don't want to risk that. I I think it's just something that if they're not confident in who they have behind Shearhorn, then it's kind of a telling sign that they didn't do a good job to fill up his backup roles.
0: Well, I'm thinking if uh, I uh, go ahead, go ahead. Frank. I think we're losing Frank there. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I will say that I think it's tough
3: for the, the staff to make that change now and bring in another guy because you yeah. know Ed Quisk and Wool are at BC and they're both the same class. They're both competing for the for the net. Whereas at the U, you know, someone who's being recruited, they're looking at Shearhorn who started almost every game last year. You know, that's kind of a tough situation to come into, knowing that you might only have a year or two as the guy.
0: Well, you know, it's not just the goalie save percentage either. You know, when I was putting together some of those stats, you know, today, um, you know, on that game one of the series, they're averaging 4.1 goals a game, four, and obviously four goals against, really close, but in the second game, it's just much tighter all around. I mean, they're only giving up 1.67 goals a game, but they're only scoring 2.8 goals a game, so they're really... A goal and a half goal scored less, too. So it's, it's, it's kind of an odd thing. I mean, they're not consistent on the defensive end, and they're not consistent on the offensive end either. Any thoughts on that, Hammy? About, well, I mean, I mean, It's just, it's just not yeah. his defense. I mean, I mean, the offense is doing really well at those first games. It's just the defense is doing really bad. And then they the offense does really bad, and then the defense does really well. So it's just kind of all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I guess I haven't been, you know, for me offensively
4: this year, I actually feel pretty good about things. Uh, you know, it's a little bit more the defensive end and the goaltending that's been a little more frustrating. Um, certain defensemen that haven't been consistent, and obviously the goaltending has been up and down. Um, you know, I know it's a team effort when it comes to defense, so I can't just put it all on, on that group. But um, offensively speaking, um, I, I've liked what we've seen. I don't like some of the tinkering that they kind of do. I, I like—I personally didn't see the need to change anything from Friday to Saturday. I mean, yes, we did win against BC, so you can't complain. But um, I didn't really see the need to make those kinds of changes. I, I didn't think it was necessarily the the line makeup or anything like like that that necessarily cost them. I just thought that we had a bad performance from the goalie.
0: Well, what do you think about that uh, Sunday game then there, Hammy? I mean, they did come back and beat one of the top teams in the country. 4-2 win. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, BC is always a good
4: matchup. They have a lot of talent and skill, So, but they are young. I mean, they did lose a lot from last year's team, so I don't know that I would necessarily consider it um, kind of like a typical, like super exciting win over BC. Not that they're crappy by any means, but I kind of look at, them a little bit similarly to like North Dakota I mean I thought it was great to beat North Dakota and to do well in that series but I also said at the time that I didn't feel like North Dakota was going to be quite the team that some people just assume that they're going to be and there's still a lot of the season left so that remains to be seen to some extent but I think that we've seen that they're not a juggernaut in their own right at this point so I just think you have to put some of these performances in that kind of a perspective and it's great to win though on the road against a good program
0: frank what did you think about the come the 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 team kind of bouncing back compared to friday's game when they were in uh, boston
1: uh good to see not a surprise i mean it's kind of Mm -hmm. the way these guys have been which is i mean it's good that they have the bounce back it is not so good that they've had to bounce back um I think they also caught BC at a good time coming off the Thanksgiving break because they were able to pretty much set the tone of the game and the way they wanted to in that first period. Yeah, they had to hang on a little bit more in that second period, but I think they had the first period, and that was a large part because BC was on break. They played on Tuesday and then you know had the holiday off and didn't play that Friday night, so that was a situation I think that benefited the Gophers, and
2: and Hammy, I think I, I
1: I'm okay with the line changes. There's a couple guys on that team that just it's not only that they're I mean they just haven't been producing for quite a while, and I think he's got to find some combinations. He's got to find some way to get Leon Bristed to blossom. I mean he's gone what six seven games without a point I think, and he's you know he should be a point a game guy. So uh, you know she, he's okay been all right. but He's leading the team in scoring, but. I think there's a little gap in him as well. Um you know, connor Riley's not rolling. I mean I so I, I I'm okay with the tweaks. Uh I, I what I thought was really interesting was that he had the two seniors on that fourth line. <laughs> well, Which he I... said was no, then we just had to find right combinations, but I uh, to me he probably didn't want to say publicly, but I it sounds to me like a message. I don't know.
4: I don't know, the whole thing with uh cammy out there especially where he was i don't know to me it seemed a little forced but <laughs> you know you can't like i said you can't complain about the victory so um water under the bridge <laughs> well, i'm, I, I'm I, pushing
1: for ramsey up front though I I, they need some size i mean I, yeah skill i know you gotta you have the, the um, you know, he he may not be a skill. He's no Hudson fashion, probably not a you know, real skilled guy, but there's times during the game you just kind of need a thrasher up there and given got a couple other wingers that aren't producing, well, if he's not going to produce, at least maybe he'll body
0: somebody around and, and make some room for somebody else. What do you think of Ramsey up front there on the first line there, Viggs? Oh, let's yeah. go, at least go second line. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
3: See, the thing I think with Ramsey is I thought he and Romanco were playing great together as it was. It was only a matter of time for them to maybe click. Um, perhaps maybe Gates would be good on that line, and you know you could put him in gold or black or maroon and just call him whatever, but I think that line could produce. You know I think they do want to get Gates going here at some point. Um, what I thought was interesting today is I saw a pretty small black line of uh, Smetula, Bristet, and Cami. I'm not sure how well that will work out. Um, But as Lucia said today, you know, the lines are still in flux. I think the only line that's going to stick together here for a while is the pitlick sheehy Clues line, which I thought looked great on Friday night and sounded great on Sunday. It was a little tricky to follow that game in Minnesota.
4: Just remember that clues is stagnated. (laughs) Somebody said that on GPL. He's stagnated. I'm well, like, yeah.
0: Well, he did get the hat trick Friday night, and uh, that was uh, that was lovely. But uh, he he doubled his output for the season. We would like to see him scoring a little more. So hopefully he's kind of gotten it going because uh, okay. But he's
4: dinged up number one early yeah, in the year. And yeah. Number two, anytime that you're constantly saddled with Cami, it's kind of <laughs> like basically carrying around a cement bag on your hips so you know <laughs> wow
1: we don't hold anything back on this show do we
0: no we don't you know it's for the fans <laughs> it's you know we're, we're giving our opinion um we've uh, I have no bridges to
4: worry about burning so whatever
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy I, I try not to burn any more bridges I've already gotten in enough trouble with the U I don't need to get any more trouble so like what can i do oh boy well but you know we've got a question here i'm uh, we've got a couple questions to go over actually tim Hapke, who's always throwing us questions he wants to know what's up with norman was expecting a big step forward for him this year um hammy um norman in and out but uh, uh what do you think no, I mean,
4: I kind of, I kind of agree. I was hoping that, to see a little bit more of a presence out of him this year. I, I thought he, in the the spot opportunities he got last year that he looked pretty solid. I, I think that, uh, you know, obviously he wasn't playing in high profile situations where you're going to be getting a lot of points and all that kind of good stuff. But I did expect to see a guy that was maybe a little bit uh, more of a factor this year, and we haven't really seen that. Doesn't mean that he's, you know. A bad player, or anything along those lines. But I'm just saying that you know he just hasn't really stepped up quite as much as I thought he would, and obviously he hasn't played as many games either. But I, I just think that I thought he would be more of a, a lower line presence than what he's been so far.
0: Well, Viggs, he's kind of uh, replaced uh, Cameo a few times. Uh, maybe we'll see Norman this weekend. Maybe Cameo will be on the bench again.
3: Yeah, I mean there are a lot of guys fighting for playing time out, out of those you know lower tier forwards and. One thing with Norman, I think he's got to shoot the puck a little bit more. Um, he just he just doesn't have very many shots on the year. And Vinny Laterry talked about this today a little bit. Um, you know, college hockey, you've got to learn to get the puck on net, have traffic in front of the net, and then find soft spots to get to rebounds. And it took Vinny a long time to kind of figure that out in college hockey. And I think some of these guys like um, Ryan Norman go through that, and they they just don't know how to make an impact on the game five on five in zone um, when they're used to scoring off the rush all the time
0: frank you have any thoughts on uh, ryan norman
3: i'd like to see more of him.
0: okay
1: um i mean he's only played four games this year and you know I, I for me and i'll put myself in the group of a fan on this one i'm you know i'm not a scout i'm not a talent scout i'm not an expert on that at all but um i can't judge a player in four games like that um particularly i mean so just from a personal standpoint yeah i'd like to see i mean if before you'd really ask me to judge him i'd like to see more of him um so that's kind of where i go with that yeah makes sense to me well before we go ahead oh well not my show but i have another player i wanted to bring in the mix
0: go right ahead
1: well, uh, and also put you guys on the spot, did, did any or all of you catch the postgame show Sunday?: Yeah, and hear Don Lucia say that Vinny Letter is playing the best hockey of his
0: career. Uh, I, reaction: I: I would, discuss. Ag- I would agree. I, I think he has you know slowly gotten he you know, he's been going up the roller coaster hill. Slow. I mean, through his whole career, I think he's just he hasn't just got plateaued or anything like that. I think he has slowly just kept on creeping up, not fast, anything like that. It's been very gradual. But uh, I, <laughs> I, I like his consistency, and he's just gotten better and better. Uh Hammy, what do you think about Laterry? Yeah, I mean, I you know, quite honestly, I was hoping that he
4: would be more of a scorer earlier in his career, but um, he certainly accepted the role that he had um starting off his college career and he he's a hard-working kid and he skates hard he's a good skater and uh, you know it's nice to see him rewarded offensively now you know that he's a senior i was kind of open to see that sooner because um, he was a pretty decent offensive player in the ushl and of course in high school um but you know better late than never and i'm glad that he's seeing success now
0: vigo what do you think about the old Vinny Leteri?
3: Well, I think it's basically because he's not breaking any sticks this year.
0: <laughs> that's, that's probably the big thing. Well, what is they, I, what's it at two or three? I believe right now. Yeah,
3: he's he's not on pace for what he did last year. Uh, last not year, last way. year was
0: fourteen.
3: <laughs> yeah. but I I think he is finding you know spots on the ice for him to be effective. You know, guys do have to figure out ways to generate offense in college hockey, and I think he's starting to get it figured out. Um, and it takes guys longer. Sometimes than other people, especially smaller guys, you know, because they have to figure out how to dart into space or how to take punishment in front of the net and find the puck. And, you know, he's starting to figure it out a little bit.
0: Well, I must say that Vinny Latari definitely has a sense of humor about his breaking sticks. You know, I spoke to him about it a little bit last year. He thought it was pretty funny. Um, when he broke his like second or third stick this year, um, even his mom retweeted our tweet on it. So it seems like the whole family kind of has a a good sense of humor about it. And uh, I think that's great because, hey, the kid's playing hard. Uh, There's no doubt about that. And uh, that's one thing that uh, the blue-collar fans like is hard workers. And he works hard. So I'm I'm a fan. So I'm a fan. Well, before we get over to uh, Ohio State, we need to listen to our sponsor, Vintage Minnesota Hockey. VintageMNHockey.com is a proud sponsor of the GPL Podcast. Well, what is Vintage MN Hockey? Well, it's kind of the place to get all of your history of Minnesota hockey, from the pros to the minors to the collegiate teams to even the high school teams. All information about any of those teams can be found on VintageMNHockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasich and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sondmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom... Historical jersey from the Gophers or the Bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams. And if you do make a purchase, just use the code GPLPodcast, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. So make sure you visit VintageMNHockey.com and follow them on Twitter at VintageMNHockey. Well, Pat Micheletti has again asked us to, or uh, asked a question of us, and uh, Pat wants to know. Will the Gophers sweep OSU this weekend? Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, Didn't he ask
4: that last week? He did. (laughs) What did he ask
0: last week? I forgot. Something like that, wasn't it? Uh, You know, I personally think uh, Ohio State's a a pretty darn good team this year, and I know uh, both, uh, you know, Frank and uh, Vigo probably heard Lucia saying today that, you know, he voted for Ohio State to win the league this year so uh they are definitely a veteran team um uh, it's not gonna be an easy weekend there wasn't easy games last year well it's uh, three games I think went up the overtime uh the other one was one goal game and then uh, the gophers had to come back in the in the big ten tournament to beat them but uh Frank um Ohio State uh, uh, they are not the big pushover they used to be uh
1: <clears throat> gosh absolutely not no <laughs> and well well they weren't the pushover they used to be last year as you just mentioned by by all the close games Um, I think Steve Rollick has just done a great job there getting these guys to buy into uh, you know playing a great system of hockey Um, it's tough to do there and get a lot of accolades because uh, surprisingly Columbus is not I don't know if it's a great hockey town given the success of the Blue Jackets they might be a good hockey town but they're certainly not a great college hockey town and there's you know there's that hockey team is just overshadowed by a huge horseshoe down there. Um, it's tough for them to get going. But, you know, Steve's got them believing in the program and believing in his system. And I, um, you know, I was just looking, I was just checking strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. They only have one loss this year, right? Uh, their strength of schedule is 33rd.
4: Yep. That's what I mentioned last week about them.
0: So Yeah. So, I mean, that's not. That's not a high number, but um, you know what? they're There's, still taking care of business. Yeah, and that's just it. They're winning the games they're supposed to win, and you know what? Minnesota's not always doing that. Oh, boy. I just looked back on this whole roster
1: here. This is, this is kind of grim. Going backwards <laughs> now, they've played Rensselaer, Connecticut, Robert Morris, Niagara, <laughs> Bowling Green. Let's give them a, you know, wow. I didn't realize it was this week.
3: It's a bit some, of a pump your tire uh, schedule.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that is uh, that's a lot slimmer than I thought. Some
3: cupcakes on that schedule. Surprised oh. they didn't play Eve's team this year.
1: Ooh,
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Well, Eve's such a loved guy. Jeez. Oh, well, you know what? Northeastern wasn't supposed to be that good either. And, and I, I do believe that uh, I was listening to the show, uh, uh, Wally's show with Lucia yet last night, and uh, they had never won in Northeastern, no matter how good or bad they were. So uh, um, at least Ohio State is, is beating the teams they're supposed to be beating, whereas Minnesota's not quite. So uh, I know it's got a light, light strength of schedule. but uh, Yeah, they're uh,
1: doing it by almost two goals a game.
0: Yeah. yeah. There's, there's that.
1: Uh, we saw them last year. They got the guys coming, you know, you got still got Nick Schilke hanging around, um, Matthew Weiss. I mean, you know, they've got some quality people in this lineup. Not going to be a pushover, but I'm not sure that these guys are still going to be very happy with the Olympic sheet of ice. Um, and I think early on that's one of the Gophers' best weapons is that sheet of ice. They know how to handle it.
0: Do they, though? I, I don't know I just I've been so disappointed in their Friday night games that uh, uh, losing by two or three goals wouldn't surprise me um, unless they you know because you know, it, it's not a rivalry game and everyone's saying they the Gophers get up for rivalry teams and that's kind of I think been one of the problems that, that everyone gets up for them and Minnesota doesn't get up for a lot of teams and you can tell by their record the last ten years. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm just not going to be convinced until they uh, you know, get an actual sweep on the weekend. Like Micheletti said, you know, will the Gover go sweep this weekend? Um, I don't think so. They they need to prove it to me, Hammy. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously they haven't shown any kind of major
4: consistency, so it's kind of hard to go in there with a lot of confidence in saying that uh, they're going to sweep or anything along those lines. Um, I, I do think we – we don't know entirely, like Frank pointed out, and like I pointed out last week, with the strength of schedule, Ohio State's had how good of a team they actually are. Um, I don't think we shouldn't be taking them lightly by any means, but um, they've certainly, as was stated, kind of gotten a little bit fat on some cupcakes. Um, I, you know, but I, I think that we have a good shot. We, we're Offensively, we're good, and I think that we'll at least bring in. Um, with the start of the conference, maybe a little bit of a focus because we want to win the conference, of course. So um and I think Pat's just looking for advice from us because he's probably laying down some bets <laughs> in Vegas. I don't know. I mean if he's asking us every week, you know, there's gotta be something behind it.
1: Hey, <laughs> let me let me throw this one out to you. As you know, if you look back on Minnesota's schedule, the go for schedule this year, um which weekend would you have uh, in September or even now, look back on and say, "Yep, they can sweep this weekend." Uh, Alaska. I'm not sure about Clarkson or North uh, Saint Lawrence because of road games. I'm not sure you would have picked a sweep there, and you, I don't think you would have picked sweeps over North Dakota, Mankato, or this eastern trip out, you know, to northeastern BC. I think this Ohio State one is a is a weekend where they could
4: legitimately sweep. That's because you're realistic and jupe is a total homer. But so he would have answered <laughs> he would have answered your question by saying I would have picked every weekend to be a sweep. I am not that bad. Okay, okay man, but man, most man. weekends. Well I'm trying to See, be Frank, positive. Vigo and I are more oh, along your health we where go. we're realistic. Every week with Jupe it's like well guys I see a sweep. <laughs> I don't care.
0: I'm just going to throw it out there. I see a sweep. Well, you know so, what? This team is good enough. Go. This team is good enough. A lot of these weekends they should have swept. I'm sorry, they they should have. Maybe not North Dakota, uh, but uh, I think that uh, that debacle against a Saint- lot
1: of the. Well, excuse me. A lot of these
0: weekends, I I think they've got the skill to. I mean, look at Saint Cloud. How they completely collapsed against Saint Cloud. Um, I think those easily could have been two wins than, uh, two losses or was it, it was a loss or whatever it was. Um, Northeastern, no, I, I, Northeastern's I, 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 not a good team. The question is,
1: which would you have predicted? I mean, yeah, you can go back now and look at games and say they could have won or should have won because, you know, there was this yeah. bad play or that bad play, but you know, looking at a series going into it, um, you know, none of these were cakewalks or cupcakes or anything like a pastry. I mean, these were <laughs> these were tough opponents coming through here.
0: I don't know, Frank. I, I just uh, I'm used to uh, a higher quality Gopher team. I mean, a team that's ranked in the top five year end year out, and uh, it's been kind of disappointing. Yeah. I'm I, I'm sorry that this team hasn't lived up. Uh, to any expectations in, in years. I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, they did get to the Frozen Four a couple of years ago, but, I mean, all in all, the last 10 years have not been what I would call go for hockey.
3: Jupe right now is just echoing the majority of the posters on GPL. <laughs> they don't realize Boy. parody has come to college hockey. You know, it's you're not going to have a team like Minnesota that's going to have 15 first and second round draft picks, you know, that are all mature and all dominant go out there and whoop everybody every weekend. Then please tell me why BC good.
0: can do it.
3: They haven't. They just lost to Minnesota at home yeah, on uh, Sunday Yeah, but they've been consistently
0: system. good for more than 10 years. What I is- don't know. We're
4: lowering the standards too much, though. I think we've – I don't know. I think the, I understand that there is more parity, and I don't disagree with that, but – I don't know, I think that we ought to be at least uh, more consistent, um yeah, we did win several league titles in a row, so I mean you can't complain about that, but I also think that there's been a little bit too many struggles at times. there just hasn't been that kind of consistency and I don't know, I mean, it's just it's been frustrating to see some of this stuff knowing that they have some of the you know the built in advantages that they do, I mean they should be doing. More, better And it's hard, especially with some of the depth areas that uh, you kind of want to see a little bit more scoring in, and uh, we just haven't seen that as much as we used to, especially fourth line. And
3: I think the, all the frustration, though, comes down to losing to Yale in the first round when the Gophers had one of their more talented teams and then losing to a school like Union instead of BC in the final when they did make it.
0: Holy Cross? <laughs>
3: Holy, Holy Cross, Cross as well. Kind of, Holy
0: Cross was kind of the, the beginning of parody you know the the beginning of seeing fourth seeds beat number one seeds
3: and it's happened a lot since it's it not a rare thing we were we were looking for it um at the regional last year when we thought the the fourth seed uh was going to come through and it it happens kind of frequently
0: i don't know it just it just seems like uh, uh the yankees of minnesota are not the same anymore i mean you love the people all over the place saying Minnesota's now the fifth best team in Minnesota. That hurts. That shouldn't be the way. It shouldn't be that way, Frank. We should not be the fifth best team in Minnesota.
1: Um, this is uh, this is like global warming. I think the collective... Collect- yeah, no, not- you asked for big picture. You told me, Kate, okay, could you come on, Frank, and please preach big picture. Um, how much has the the that latest collective bargaining agreement taken how much cream has it taken out of college hockey I and mean, there's no way to measure that I don't because you know you have different scoring standards and points per game and you know stuff like that um, but I, I just think more players uh, in, including and maybe especially smaller players who used to not be able to play in the NHL because uh because, you know, the way the rules were not enforced. And I just think more of those guys are are gone earlier, and it's just kind of tamped everybody down into that parody that Amy was talking about. So that's why I do believe that parody is, you know, part of that global warming thing that a lot of people just don't quite want to buy into yet. Somebody want to hear uh, agree with me?
3: Please? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I definitely think there's a rush to get the top end talent into the NHL faster and that's hurting the Minnesotas, the BUs, the BCs, the Michigans. I mean, look at Michigan this year, you know, their their roster got decimated. Um, even B C, you know, they lost seven underclassmen to uh, the pros last year. And these guys aren't just going to the NHL, they're going to the HL for a year or two. And that's really hurt I think the blue blood programs more than it's hurt, you know, the Ferris State Um, the holy cross the yale any of the ivy leagues basically
4: well i also think that it comes down to the philosophy that a coaching staff brings to the table i mean i i know that there's that especially when you're at a school like minnesota or north dakota or some of these or michigan that can get a lot of these high profile guys there's that temptation to always go for that blue chip guy that's you know a high prospect in the pros and um you know i think that you know we learned several years ago that how that can burn you and actually hurt you for several years in terms of trying to build a team um, when you have that kind of turnover year after year and that's why i think you see in this year's class in the senior's um you know a lot of them were kind of the undersized guys that had talent and could score and they did score in juniors and and you know other levels and they weren't necessarily going to be that prime time guy that was going to be signing after two seasons or whatever and um, so i think that there is an adjustment that they've made the only for thing for me that i get a little frustrated with is i think that they could do a better job filling out some of the the roster um when I look at around some of these other teams in recent years that typically don't have the recruiting pull that the Gophers do, I think that they've done a little bit better job um, kind of recruiting some of those third, fourth line area roles that gives them some good scoring depth. And uh, I don't think that we've had quite that level of scoring depth in recent years that I would like to see.
0: Boy, I would agree with that scoring. Depth. For sure. I mean, I, I was looking at more numbers today uh, the last 10 seasons, we have one guy who cracked the top 10 of scoring uh, in the nation. And that was Eric Haula in uh, the 2011-12 season and also the season before, uh, 10 or 11-12 and 12-13, sorry. Haula uh, was number 9 one season, number fourth the next season. But other than that, we've had no top 10 scorers. None of those guys' go-to scorers. Um, and In fact, three of those seasons, we had no guys in the top 50 scoring in the NCAA.
3: And I, I do think part of that could be the Minnesota development model. I talked to Mike Genzel about this last year when I was talking about how come Minnesota does such a great job developing defensemen. And he says because at all the youth levels, they take their best skaters and their best skill, and they put it at defense, and then they go out and play half the game. You know, as the levels go up, all the best players in Minnesota tend to go towards defense. It's not like Minnesota is missing on a lot of elite Mr. Hockey, you know, first-round draft pick scores. There's a handful of them, like Brock Besser, that they have missed. But it's not like they're missing on a lot of, you know, blue-chip scores coming out of the state.
4: Well, right, but that's where they need to do a better job... In non-traditional areas, I'm not saying so necessarily they, they gotta find Canada,
3: Hispanic.
4: <laughs> well, I'm not saying that <laughs> they have to go to Canada or anything like that. I'm not saying they even have to get a guy of the ilk of a Vanek or something to that level. But I do think that they can do a better job. You know, I've always kind of felt like if they're going to recruit a non-Minnesotan kid, you know, that he should at least be on par, if not better, than what they can get locally. And to me, there's lots of kids out there that I've seen that would have fit nicely kind of in that, you know, second, third kind of line roles that, um, you know, that maybe as they mature and get better, that they would even move up further than that. But I don't think we've done a good job in recent years in filling out those kind of roster spots and filling, you know, finding guys that are continually progressing into those kinds of roles that maybe you didn't necessarily expect them to. Those are the guys that you really love. Those are the ones that you recruit, and maybe you don't have the highest expectations because they didn't have superstar numbers, And but for some reason they start to maybe blossom a little later and they become a little more than what you expected. I don't think that we've seen that many guys at the U in recent years that have done that.
0: But we haven't really had any superstars, or even close to that. I mean, with the last year really good go-to scorer was Ryan Patoni and he led the nation in scoring that year um, and then you know that was it we haven't seen it in over 10 years
3: Bugstad was a pretty good score and, and hollow is a pretty good score hollow now, this, was but the, the, you're not going to see guys who are going to go out and score season high totals like Micheletti did back when he played you're just not there's too much defense there's the goaltending's better the Gophers play a very difficult schedule. You're just not gonna see point totals like that. Oh, I mean
0: we see it all the time. Connor, seventy one points last year. Eichel seventy one. Goudreau, eighty. Ryland Schwartz. I mean, we can keep going back. I mean these kids are still these kids are scoring more points than Ryan Patoni did over ten years ago. I mean, there's scorers out there. I mean, it's just not playing for Minnesota.
3: Well, even those high scores that they have are not like they used to be, well, and yeah, you, you know, really Cruz is to the, to the third eight. leading scorer in the NCAA's right now for active scores? You know, Sheehy is almost a point of game player right now.
0: Sheehy is um, is the, is a top point guy on the team, and he's thirty sixth in the country. He's he's,
1: he's, uh, he's how not, he, many of those? I, I'm just how many of those are playing in the ECAC?
0: Well, that's true, but I. I you look at the you look at the top scorers and just the, just the last three years, all big schools: Michigan, Boston College, BU, all top scorers and all high end guys. Sure, they might impact. not have they might they might not have stayed long, but you know what? When they were there, they made a huge impact. You know what? Vanek was here. Yeah, I think games that BC
3: and BU player, a lot different.
0: Do you, do you uh, know that there's six guys that are
1: very close to or above a point per game on this team right now?
0: Yeah. Well, I it's
1: not, it's not terrible.
0: But, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I just, you know, you, you, you look at the successful have, years for Lucia, you know, from 2001 through 2005. You know, we had a Johnny Pohl lead the country. Brian Patoni lead the country. We had Tafe that same year who was number five. Uh, Vanek, both his years, was a top ten scorer in the league. Uh, Kessel was just outside with 11. You know, he was number 11 his year that he was here as a freshman. We had guys, go-to guys that were scoring goals, tons of assists, um, and there's no doubt the last ten years, a complete drought on that. I mean, to have three seasons without a single player in the top fifty, that's that's I don't think that's acceptable. That's just awful. I don't know. I I, I think it's part of the problem. You look at when, you know, when they had their good teams, they had guys who would who could score, who put the puck in the net. And that's the biggest problem we have these days. You know, Lucia complains about it all the time. You know, we, we're not scoring five on five. Well, we don't really have that go-to guy that's going to score the goals. I don't know. Maybe I'm just bitter.
3: <laughs> you are grouchy. You? No.
0: You're grouchy. <laughs> you,
3: you, you are. I mean, I saw Johnny Godreau come to the Mary's Arena and not score a point because um. he actually got checked the entire game. You know, Western hockey, I think, is a little bit different than that Northeast brand of hockey. It's a little to, more freewheeling.
0: Look what Connor did to Minnesota last year. Killed them.
3: And it was all on the power play. They yeah. had one of the best power play units in college hockey, and that's where he got all his points. Um, um, that's how Ryan Patoli got all his points for the Gophers. It's on the power play. That's how Bukestad got all his points.
0: I I, I don't know. I just I, I think it would be nice to have a. A guy who could snipe the puck and score some goals. Because, you know what? Typically, those teams. Well, maybe you'll are, see right. that
3: next year in Casey Middlestad. I don't know. I'm if just, he can wheel. I
0: don't know. I just kept thinking the last few weeks, geez, when was the last time we had a, a really a good score? A guy who really did an impact on the game? Obviously, I think Howla did. I mean, you know, Howla's last year, he had 51 points. Uh, that's not terrible, I'll tell you that. The guy who led the country only had 53 points that year, that year which is, it was a down year for scoring. But, but, you know, last year, our closest guy was Cluse He was number 26 in the country. The uh, year before that, we had Boyd, who was 24th. Rao was 31st in 2013-14. Uh, so it's... Uh, it would be nice to have a couple guys in the top 10 once in a while here. Because when we did, we had some pretty darn good teams. I don't know. Like I said, I'm bitter. I miss the old days of, like I said, predicting sweeps because we were good enough and and not worried about it. So oh,
1: You just want the easy life. You just want to be able to predict sweeps. Well, That'd that right. too.
0: But you know what? Uh, we're Minnesota. We, get, we, we, we we should be sweeping a lot of teams. Uh, the thing is, yeah, I just the,
1: also looking at the, these top guys, these top six that I mentioned are at very close to or uh, above point of game. Two draft picks out of those six. Yeah. so four of her are undrafted and the two that are picks are Bischoff, the defenseman didn't get him for scoring um, and Tommy Novak, who probably could be pushing those numbers up if he shot more
0: yeah, I know I'm just bitter
1: it's just I'm just saying that uh, <laughs> I you know in that in those six guys uh, we maybe have more second tier talent. Producing, We still, yeah, the goals are spread out. There's nobody approaching a goal a game. Barely, we're barely scratching a half a goal a game.
2: Well, yeah, a, there's goal, more
1: more committee a, there.
0: a goal a game is, is you're not really going to see that. Uh, no, was, you're not. But you was the close three quarters to that, of a goal. I mean, Connor had 35 goals last year. Um, Eichel was more of an assist guy. Uh, Goudreau had 36 goals. Uh, yeah, you're, you're not going to see a goal a game. But these oh. guys, these guys were more than, oh yeah, two points a game. You know, you look at a draw. he was two points a game. So, I know Nate Wells telling me Bukestead was you know top ten in goals scored. Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm going overall points, Nate. At least Nate's listening, so that's good. Scott or Nick? <laughs> 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 oh, you know, you know what? Uh, I remember distinctly talking with you. Frank and Wally post game uh, after that uh, frozen four loss in Tampa when uh, well Nick Bukestad you know literally disappeared we didn't see him the last month of the year that year um, and you know when they were successful that year when they went to the frozen four in Tampa he was successful but at the end he kind of disappeared yeah I don't yeah, he did.
1: He did he I don't know if he had had a good playoff run
0: when he was here yeah I don't know. So, okay. Would like to have him back, wouldn't you? Okay, Frank. How about your prediction for this weekend then? Come on. Minnesota sweep, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, there you go. I'm saying split just to get you guys going. (laughs) I don't know. You know, I think uh, if. How does that. Let me
1: ask you. To, how does that bumpy road feel now that you're bouncing along off the side of the wagon that you <laughs> jumped off of how does that bumpy gravel road feel on oh, your road Does it feel any
0: good It's fine I, I don't know I just yeah. until they prove they can win on a Friday night uh, I'm going to be a little skeptical I, I kept trying to be positive kept trying to be positive um, but uh, you know this shoe sure has had
1: problems on Friday night for a long time
0: yeah I know but it's, it's, it's long time. Worse. Well, maybe we'll see a, a Lear and goal Friday night. What, what do you think, Viggs? Is this the chance we'll see Lear, or 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 we give or will he give Shearhorn a, a chance again, and maybe do it at Michigan State? What do you think, Viggs?
3: I think this is not the weekend you're going to see McLaren <laughs> okay. goal on Friday night. You might see it against Michigan State, but I don't think you'll see it this weekend. Um, the Gophers <clears throat> are playing a veteran team. You know when we talked about some of those older teams like a union where they have you know just a couple draft picks you know 5th, 6th, 7th round guys and a lot of veterans. That's what this Ohio State lineup looks like to me is a lot of veteran older guys who played a lot of college hockey Um, so I'm expecting some close games Um, but the one thing that stood out to me when I was looking at the stats this weekend is the Ohio State penalty kill is only 73% this season and they have not exactly been playing against Kyle Connor or Johnny Gaudreau every weekend. <laughs> so teams are solving the Ohio State penalty kill. And, you know, we saw this when Minnesota went from the Alaska series to the St. Cloud series. You know, when the speed limit goes up and the competition changes, there's usually a few more penalties because guys aren't up to speed yet. So I think that's going to be the difference, especially on Friday night. And I think Shearhorn will play well on Saturday. So I'm actually going to see a sweep. This weekend.
0: Wow. Okay, Hammy, save me here. What
4: do you expect me to say? They're going (laughs) to (laughs) sweep. Yeah, and I'm not going to go that route. I think uh, we're probably talking maybe like a four point out of six series. You know, like we're going to get a win and then maybe a tie, a loss. I don't, you know, whatever the hell that hell they point to see I can't even remember how they point things anymore with these ties and whatever. But
0: <laughs>
4: whatever, I, you know, the league. I think we'll get you know four or five out of the six, something like that.
0: Yeah, I'm still not a fan of the strange. Everyone's used to saying four point system. I mean, four points on the weekend. Four points. I still
3: weekend. haven't even seen them practice shootout at at uh, any of their skates i have seen. So Uh-oh. they're not practicing even for it. Yeah. When
1: they did, it didn't help. So
3: well. yeah.
4: <laughs> exactly, that's what I was about to say. Did it really help him before? I don't think it did, so.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah,
1: those shootouts, boy, those things can't go away fast
0: enough. Well, better be For careful. Me. You'll have three-on-three three soon.
4: I would rather go that route, to be honest with you, because at least it's somewhat interesting. than
0: Yeah, you know, it's something like a hockey game. You know, I, I I still like the college rules much better than the pros. I like it. If you, if you lose in that first overtime or that five minutes, you get no points. Whereas in the NHL, you've already got that one point. Just see if you get the extra point. I like the, kind of the college hockey way. Whereas if you know what, you lose in that overtime, uh, zero points for you. Uh, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. So, I don't know. That's just me. Well, Frank. Yes, sir. Th- thanks for joining us again. My pleasure. This has been about your fourth or fifth time on here, and like I said, you were our first guest on our second episode. And uh... gosh, I wish
1: you hadn't mentioned that because I was going to say, "Geez, I hope you don't wait another hundred programs oh. to invite me back on." But you're right. You. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. That's, that's <laughs> well, all you know what?
0: Me. We didn't have you on last season. We kind of took a season off from you. We we needed a break. No, he- you invited me a couple of times,
1: and I ran into I ran into bad conflicts. Okay, and I, yeah. Well, uh, I wasn't going to so say that. that but. Well, they were. I mean, I you know I, I'd be on, but, but you're I' am a busy guy. Uh, I'm painting he, a TV antenna. I can't. You know, you're a big brother. yeah. I think
4: he was cutting his toenails or something like that, He had some important <laughs> thing like that to do.
3: <laughs> oh, I could have gone somewhere, but charter, I didn't flights.
4: I have a I have a pedicurist.
1: I have an assistant to do that. I now. can't believe it's been five years. It's, yeah, yeah, and the FCC hasn't run you out of town yet. That's hey, amazing. This
0: is podcasting? We can say whatever the hell we want, and we have. It's been a fairly clean. It's been a clean podcast so far, but we have been known to drop some f bombs, and or I have at least, and and gotten in trouble. Yeah, I got mad. They got mad. The school
4: got mad at me last year. Right? Wasn't have to deal with that last yeah. year. Yeah,
0: They got mad at you, but they got they got uh, ma- they got more mad at me. Trust me.
4: Well, yeah, but you got – they bitched at you because I went off last year. No,
0: it was what I so said. So it's technically my fault. <laughs> no, it, it was it was something I said about what I heard on the benches. So no. it was not – What me. happens
3: at ice level is supposed to stay at ice level.
0: Yeah, I, I know. I was bad. I, I don't do it anymore. I won't talk, I swear. I'm not going to talk. Save anymore. it
3: for the bar after the game.
0: Well, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff at the bar after the game. Trust me. <laughs> a lot. Hey, you know, know, we
4: didn't really mention uh, Gensel's son having such a nice NHL debut. Yeah, well,
0: I thought it was pretty cool. He thought it was pretty
4: cool. I mean, I said it on Twitter, but congratulations to Coach Gensel and his family and, of course, his son for having such a a great start to his NHL career. I thought that was pretty cool.
0: it, It was just a great moment. You know, I love I loved his the, reaction. Yeah, the genuine I loved, response from him it was awesome. So, yeah, uh, it was, was nice touch, Hammy. That was that, that nice touch, Hammy. That was good of you
1: to bring up because it was. Uh, I mean, think about it. If, you know, God, it's my kid, and and he's there. Like, holy smokes! I mean, it, yeah, it doesn't get a whole heck of a lot better than that. That yeah, that that's good.
0: Yeah, it, it was good. Well, thank you, Frank, for coming on. And remember, guys, you guys can always follow Frank on Twitter on at MazPuck. Um, he'll respond to you if you're nice to him.
1: Won't you, Frank? <laughs> I even get, yeah, on, on my good days, I even get back at the snarky people.
3: but <laughs> Keep him on well, yeah. us during the broadcast.
1: Yes,
0: yes, yes. Yeah,
1: that you know what? That's my regret that I, I can't do that. I tried to do that the first couple of years broadcast and, and tweet and all of that I, I just, it's it's impossible, I can't keep track of what Wally's saying if I'm paying attention to Twitter, you know what I mean?
0: Uh, we get it we get it, well thanks for coming on our 100th podcast Frank, I really appreciate it
1: Congratulations thanks for inviting me back and
0: uh, yeah I'll, I'll try to
1: make myself, I won't paint so many TV towers this year if you need more help later on, <laughs> not that I'm inviting myself back or anything
0: We'll have you back, trust me we'll have you back Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jew. Oh, jeez. Uh, you know, obviously, like I said, you can follow Frank on Twitter at MazPuck, Hammy Hockey at Evigo. Uh, if, if we're out there. If you have questions for us, just send it to us. Especially during the podcast, if you're listening, you' listening, want to ask a question, just use the hashtag GPL Podcast. We'll try to get to it. But that's it for the 100th episode of the GPL Podcast. We'll be back next week to recap OSU and preview. Out to Michigan State. Till then, thanks for listening.
5: Are we done? (laughs) You guys have
3: had a pretty good history against Boston College. What is it that brings out your A game?
5: Well, I think a big part of it is you you know uh, the the history of their program and the respect that you have, That uh, maybe a little bit that element of fear uh, that you you better play well if you're going to give yourself a chance to win. Um, and for whatever reason, I mean, you know, we had that four, four year agreement, and we ended up 3 0 1 with Boston College in, in those games. So, you know, they had some pretty good teams during that time, too. But we, we always seem to play really well against them.
6: Play Ohio State this weekend. Uh, what have you seen from them so far?
5: They're a veteran team. I mean, I, I voted them to win the league. And, and uh, I mean, whether it's Two senior goaltenders, a veteran D. You know, all their guys returning up front. Uh, Freshman's coming in, done a really nice job. But you look how the, that team matured last year and really had a good end of the season. Um, and their ability to, to create offense and score, I think that's one of the things that that I felt that you know could really push them over the top. And uh, they're obviously off to a great start offensively. They're scoring a lot of goals, and you know, their goaltending's been pretty good. So I mean, they're they're kind of where they thought they would be this year. Both teams
6: doing uh, pretty well in the power play season, Ohio State and the Gophers. Do you see special teams playing a big factor? In this well, season? I think
5: special teams always are a big factor. I mean, you look at our sport, and, you know, goaltending and specialty teams determine a lot of who wins and loses games. And um, so we're going to have to be disciplined. We, we don't want to give them too many uh, power plays because, um, I mean, they're skilled. Um, uh, they've they got a lot of returning guys, so they're comfortable in their spots, and they've been doing it for a long time. Um, and, and when you play a team that's really good offensively, you've got to make sure you really take care of the puck. So on our penalty kill, you know, face-offs become important to win a draw because you start with everything and then making good clears.
3: There is such a focus on goal time these close games. Do you have a, a change-up this week for Eric going into Friday night? Um,
5: you know what? I don't know. Um, you know, I talked to him a little bit about it. I mean, you know, maybe on Saturdays or Sundays this week we didn't, you know, do a game-day skate. Um, Fridays we have. Whether that really matters, I don't know. It's more about just you know playing with confidence getting off to a good start I mean Friday the first goal goes off somebody goes in and you know so that's a tough way to start first shift into the game but um, um, you know we've we, we got to have that consistency you know and, and he knows it and uh, you know the the, the positive thing you just you never see him going a, a, a prolonged slump but, you know he always rebounds if he has a tough game but now we gotta, we got even out the highs and the lows
7: your five-on-five five scoring's improved a lot over this past weekend. Seven of the eight goals coming on even strength. What do you really just like about even strength game now?
5: Well, I mean, we we um, generated more opportunities. I thought that uh, you know we've been moving our lines around you know more so than usual and trying to find the right combinations. I thought we did a better job of you know playing a little bit more north-south and you know, playing a little bit more pace, um, and, and which helps us create more scoring opportunities. So hopefully that will continue.
3: Pitlick, she, he, looked pretty good together. Yeah, seemed to be a fit?
5: Yeah, I mean, I I thought that, uh, uh, you know, you could tell that Rem hadn't played in a couple, what, three weeks, um, you know, for that first game. But I thought as that Northeastern game, as the game went along, he got better as that game went along. And then that just carried over to Sunday's game against uh, Boston College. I thought he played with, you know, good pace. He was involved in the game, involved in scoring chances. Um, And and we need that. I mean, you know, he's sitting – um, offensively, I think he can you know produce and uh, playing with Cluse and and uh, she he's going to get an opportunity to do that.
6: There's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows so far this season. Where's this team entering Big Ten play?
5: Six for you? four and two.
6: <laughs> and where does where do you think it needs to be?
5: Uh you know what? We easily could you know have a couple more wins on our chart, right? Eight. I mean, we could easily have eight wins, but you know then you win some close games too. Um, you know I always say that you know you get what you earn and right now we've earned six forward 2 uh, I think that we have to have that consistency factor uh, our specialty teams have been pretty good uh, I've been I've been happy with that uh, we've, we've got to get Eric to play consistent you know night in and night out now I think that's that's the probably a real key for us um, and then uh, you know we'll probably continue to move guys around on our up front we'll probably continue to move guys around on the back end because you know on defense are seven guys fighting for six spots and you know we've played 14 forwards so far and we're still i don't think we're set on you know the magical which threesomes should play together and part of that just you know even though we had a lot of returning guys it's it's you know you remove hudson and you know you got a couple left-handed guys come in and you know how how, how do you you know put them back together this year
0: so year four of the Big Ten, is this the best you think it's been? Pardon? Year four of the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any
5: question that, uh, you know, uh, Penn State, uh, you know, their their program is a mature program now after half a dozen years. And, um, you know, Ohio State's built theirs up to, I mean, the, the start that they've had. Michigan's always Michigan. You know, Wisconsin's back on the way up like we all expect them to be. You know, Michigan State, you know, showed a lot going in, North Dakota and winning and tying. Um, you know, we, we played some good teams. You know, I, I'm not all that disappointed where we're at, considering, you know, we've had eight games on the road, four at home, and, you know, the quality of the opponents that we have played. You know, if only four home
1: games, is it much home ice advantage right
5: now yet? Well, I think there's always a home ice advantage. I, I think you, you're more comfortable playing in your own rink, and, you know, you're sleeping in your own bed, and you have your home fans, so I think they can give you some juice. But, you know, I think we've also shown that, you know, we can win on the road, which is important. All right. Thanks.
6: Okay, thanks. Just spend a little uh,
2: no-shave November there. Yeah. <laughs> Coming off tonight. A little bittersweet. I think I'm ready to shave it though. I don't know. Why? <laughs> you like it? Thanks. Why
1: shave
2: it? It's the end of November. Coach said I have until the first. So. <laughs> <laughs> Coach's rule. Yeah. Make it off. Yeah. Did you win the beard-growing award on the team? Or? Yeah, I think so. Hey, Everyone else? else was sort of brutal. I think. No one really made it, honestly. I think Grammar has a mustache. That's what it. You
3: guys are kind of moving on A non-conference into Big Ten play. A lot of close games with Ohio State. What challenge do they present for you guys?
2: Yeah, you know, I think Ohio State always has a fast team. They're always got quick forwards that uh, you know put pressure on us de- defense back there. You know, we need to be need to be sharp. Got to make strong plays with the puck. Otherwise, they're going to create offense from uh, our mistakes. I think so. I think we just need to be sharp this weekend and uh, break pucks out of our own zone pretty quickly. Does
1: it mean much going into conference play now? I mean, uh, is there any different mindset than where you guys
5: are approaching
2: these games? You know, I mean, I don't think so. Obviously, you know, there's three points on the line every night now, but I think uh, non-conference play is just as important uh, this time or uh, these days. You know, I mean, we need to need to go into every game trying to win and doing whatever we can to... Get get out of there with a That would
1: bring uh, three of the top four scorers in the league as a defenseman. Thinking about those guys coming down
2: on you. Yeah, you know I think definitely as a D all the time. But what, uh, whatever team you're playing, you always got to be aware of you know their best players and their best line and that kind of stuff. And uh, so obviously we're going to be aware of those players when they're out there and uh, make sure we're you know making hard plays. Maybe be a little stronger with the puck and uh, just make sure you get pucks out when uh, they're out there. You always got to be aware and, uh, make sure try not to let their best players hurt us.
6: You've had one of the, uh, stronger non-conference schedules among the Big Ten teams. How has this, uh, group of teams kind of prepared you for the conference schedule?
2: Yeah, you know, I think we've always sort of had a pretty tough non-conference schedule. I mean, you know, we play a lot of it in state teams, non-conference, and they're always good competition and good rivalries, you know. So I think, uh, just uh experiencing that especially for some of the younger guys we have is uh important you know going to conference play they got got their feet wet a little and uh now now we're ready to go for the home stretch past few weekends it's been
6: a little tale of friday night struggles coming back bouncing back on saturday what do you need to do
2: as a team to kind of just uh even that out on friday i mean i wish wish i knew you know obviously we would change it already but i think we just need to go on friday and have confidence you know just do whatever we can and know that uh I think we've been in the games Friday and just sort of fell apart towards the end. I think we need to just stick with it for a whole 60 minutes and uh, just keep that in our head.
1: Eric Scherr was Mr. Consistency last year, not quite so much this year. Um, what? How are you guys addressing that in the room? Are you talking to him? What What kind of thought process is going through uh, I mean, on his ups and
2: downs? Yeah, you know, I think we're just sticking sticking with him. You know, we know he's a great goalie, and we know he's going to find a stride. We just uh, – Hope it's sooner than later, you know. And I think uh, we just need to keep supporting him as a group. And uh, as defensemen, got to know that uh, he's going to bail us out a lot. So we need to get, get down and block some shots for him, you know, too. And, and uh, I mean, it's a team game. We all got to be there. It's on all of us, not just one person, you know. I mean, we all mess up creating a chance for them. So, I mean, I think we just need to stick together and uh, keep supporting him.
7: So uh, how does it feel to be named a uh, big 10-second start of the week? Uh, it's good. It's, it's an honor, obviously. Um, I work hard for it every single week with uh, my line mates and the rest of my team, so uh, I'm not really too worried about it. It's just something on the side, but I'm um, most happy to get a win in BC with the guys. What are you looking forward to this weekend against Ohio State? Uh, just testing our ability now. We're, we're getting into conference play, and um, Ohio State's a great team this year. They're having a heck of a year, and uh, really testing our ability here and seeing if we can be consistent. If I can go back to your award, your coach told
1: our vast radio audience last weekend that he thought you were playing your best hockey of your
7: career. How does that fit into what you're thinking? Well, it helps that my linemen are playing well, too, and um, we got some chemistry between the guys, so um, I'm just trying to get to the right areas, and they're always feeding me in the right spot. So uh, when, they, when they play well, they make me look good, so it's definitely not individual effort; it's uh, all around. So what are you doing different? Uh, just getting to the front of that like my coach always wants me to do and trying to get more shots on that. Are you getting more scoring chances this year than years past? Yeah, definitely, just because I'm getting uh, away from the habit of just staying in the perimeter. Um, uh, whenever the D have the puck or it's in the corner, I'm trying to stay either in the soft areas or right in front, so hopefully it hits off me or I get a rebound. So that's what I'm trying to do more.
6: Where is this team, ent- where is this team entering Big Ten play? And where does it need to be?
7: Uh, right now, everyone's equal. Everyone's having their, their good starts with non-conference play. Um, it's, it's up for grabs right now. It's just who can start off the, the conference play right and on the right foot and just stay consistent throughout all the games. Have you, you kept an eye on Ohio a... State? Uh... Sorry. Who's... I, I have seniority over here. Have
1: <laughs> 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 you paid any attention to Ohio State? You know, we've been in non-conference
7: for so long. Um, got any inkling on what they're going to be like? I just know they're, they're great off the rush. They, uh, they have great offensive ability. Uh, they can shut down defensive uh, in their defensive zone. So, I mean, they're a great team overall, and we just got to be confident in our ability and, and stick to what we do right, and I think we'll like our results. Has it been tough uh, changing up the lines a little bit, or is that just kind of been business as usual, being with new centers kind of every other week? I know they're trying to
6: find a good offense, or is that just kind of... Been a, a, a normal thing right now in practice you're used to it being a d1
7: athlete yeah that's just how uh how it goes sometimes during the seasons you just gotta find the right lines for the end of the year because you know um you try whatever you want during the year but at the end you need to know uh who plays good with who so right now you just uh playing with whoever and just uh bring your strengths to the table and trust the people around you and that's all you have to worry about
6: it's kind of been a uh, tale of two nights the past few weeks where friday is uh and lost on Saturday, come back to it. What does this team need to do to have a better
7: Friday night? I think just winning the third periods. We've, we've come off strong uh, two periods in a row, um, a lot of Fridays, and the third one we just give away. And um, It's just being mentally strong there. Uh, it's not that we're playing bad hockey on Fridays. It's just that we can't finish it off all 60 minutes or if it takes longer to go into OT. Um, we just got to stick to what we're good at and look at games like North Dakota on Saturday or BC on Saturday and, and uh, find all we did right there and bring that to every Friday night.
6: Is there a different mindset from Friday to
7: Saturday? Uh, t- I mean, when you lose Friday, you definitely, there's, there's no excuse. you got to go out there and win Saturday. And, but then when you win Friday, you want to get the sweep Saturday. So um, there's always a winning mindset on Saturday whether you win or lose. But you want to try to get that one Friday night and just push for that sweep.
1: Last year, uh, Eric Sherhorn was Mr. Steady, Mr. Consistency. Not so much this year. What, what have you guys talked about with him in the room
7: uh, during his up-and-down swings? Uh, I mean, goalies have a different mindset there. Um, they just kind of have to worry about themselves and getting them ready for the game. I, I trust Eric um, day in and day out. It, it happens to goalies sometimes when you have uh, shaky games, and uh, I'm not blaming him at all. It's, it has to do with us too, leaving him out to dry sometimes. Um, he's a great goaltender, one of the best in the league, and I, I trust him throughout the season. I know he'll be there in the end. Uh, 5 and 5 production has gone up just this last weekend, seven to the eight goals in the weekend coming uh, even strength. What was the key to having that uh, stat go up? Uh, we're trying to limit our turnovers on the blue lines and then once we don't have a play, make sure we get in deep and stay on the four check and make sure we, we stay on top of the box, use our D, get to the front of that, and just, uh, just push in front of that and hopefully... Rip home a rebound, or just doing the little things. Um, I, I mean, you can't really just win off a power play. So being a good five-on-five team is, is uh, very important. I think that's one of our main aspects we're trying to improve on day in and day out. Looked like the team
3: was handing out some awards there at the end of practice. So you guys kind of moving on from non-conference into conference, and
7: yeah, the awards just for like first goals. And um, Clues had a hat trick last week, and so that's great for him. Uh, so we just always do that for people's first goals or if got a hat trick like that. So that's what those awards were about. All good? Thanks. Thanks thank you. Thanks.
5: Thanks.
7: Thanks.